You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Today's an off day for the Padres as they prepare for their first of three at home tomorrow against the Pirates. And with the way the early season's gone so far, our host Mike Janella is apparently looking forward to beer fest or cocktail fest at Petco. You could use a drink if you're a Padres fan. Also in studio, we've got Derek Togerson alongside Bob Scanlon, whose scanalysis is so incredible, it'll leave you saying, That was awesome. <laughs> now, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the Western Metal Supply Company building. It's Padre Social Hour with your hosts, Mike Janella, Bob Scanlon, and Derek Togerson. Just because it's an off day for the Padres does not mean it's a day off for us. Welcome to Padres Social Hour. As the Padres aren't going anywhere, they're still staying here in San Diego enjoying what is this beautiful day. As we are too, but we're inside for now. But we will be talking about some of baseball here with these boys. A 7-3 loss yesterday. Now they get a chance to reset, regroup. And we've got Scan here today who decided to come with a very interesting look. Look, this is the social hour, right? And part of being social is inviting everybody to join us. Now I'm figuring who's watching the show right now? The person that just got off the run of Mission Bay, right? Or right. maybe Cows Mountain. So, hey, we're happy to have you with us. You know, I got the running shoes on. And the person that's sitting in their cubicle taking a little lunch break to join us, happy to have you with us as well. So, uh, welcome all. Casual Monday. Yeah, exactly. It's casual Monday. It's not even, it's half cash because, yeah, you have your suit and tie <laughs> sure. and top you, hat. You are a walking mullet. You are party yeah. on the back party on the and bottom, party on the bottom and, 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 business, and, up and business up top. So either everybody's yeah. comfortable being with us or everybody's equally uncomfortable right now at this getup. So. I'm just going to keep my eyes up here. I'm, leaning, to, sure. I'm <laughs> leaning toward uncomfortable <laughs> on this side of the couch, but I don't know. Hey, Derek, we'll great to see you, my man. You do too, big man. You know what? We yeah. have so much fun talking on NBC, and uh, yes. we, we have a great time talking baseball. In fact, we spend more time talking baseball outside of the studio, so it's uh, fun to have you yeah, on, yeah, on We've the couch also said that we need our own show, so Mike, thanks for facilitating this. You guys have fun. I'm going to head out then. Enjoy a little day off this afternoon. Have a run. A high school okay. baseball game going on out here. There yeah. is, yeah. yeah. The Christian versus Indica Jewish Academy. Enjoy some nice. good ball. Have a hot dog. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be good. But uh, we'll see. I think if I left, there'd be some people that you know I might get in trouble with. So we'll, let's we'll keep vouch this thing for it. We'll cover oh, for you. Thanks, guys. We need At least I was here. here for these first two minutes. Yep. Uh, make sure for those of you who are watching, whether it's in the cubicle or maybe in your running shorts at home to join the conversation, use hashtag PadresSH and also jump in at the live chat happening, as always, at Padres.com slash social hour. So, it's a day off for uh, the team today, but yesterday they fall to 4-9. and nine, That 7-3 loss. And home runs, that was kind of the story. That's what did them in. Uh, a luxury the Padres don't have themselves. They really don't have that long ball to just bludgeon a team when things aren't going well. Yeah. The Diamondbacks do. Yeah, they, and, and they did. And, and Paul Goldschmidt wasn't even in the lineup yesterday. <laughs> which, which is a, They had 12 home runs coming in. They had four of them yesterday. I mean, you can talk about this being the pitcher. Robbie Erlin fell behind too many hitters, left too many balls up. He's not the kind of guy that has a kind of stuff to get back into account. He has to work from ahead. You know, it's so funny because just, what, five days ago, we were having a Twitter debate of how many people think that Robbie Erlin should be in the in the rotation, right. and who are we kicking out, right? Mm-hmm. One one start, and all these decisions are being made. Well, now That's he's why Twitter was invented, so we can have knee-jerk reactions exactly. to everything. Right. And, and it Within, perfectly within that. 10 yeah, minutes a, that then are completely forgotten about. So, nice. ERA went from under one to over four in just yesterday's game. Look, it, he started off 
okay. In fact, I tweeted around the third inning. He'd already given up the first home run. I said, Robbie Erlin's looking pretty good right now. He wasn't looking as sharp as he had in the first outing. What really cost him was the back-to-back pitches. So he tried to duplicate a 3-1 fastball in the outside corner to Yasmani Tomas. He's a guy that loves the ball out over the, uh, out over the plate. I thought that might go with a changeup. Base open, two outs. You got Drury, a guy hitting 240 on deck. They opted to challenge him, and it cost him. Then later on, same thing, back-to-back fastballs out over to Drury, and he caught up to the – or excuse me, it was uh, back-to-back changeups. 3-1 changeup, came back with the 3-2 changeup, and the 3-2 one was a little higher than the first one. So it was a little bit of game management, but a little lack of execution on the second pitch to some big hitters, and it, and it ended up costing him. Yeah, and you see him. He's a guy. You can't bring this one on Derek Norris, by the way. Christian Bethencourt was behind the plate, <laughs> uh, and you you can't against big league hitters like this. If you're gonna do that, you have to. If you throw the same pitch, you have to put it in a different spot. You can't go do the exact same thing back to back. Because I, mean, I remember being back in high school, having coaches say, if he threw it three one, he'll throw it three two. So look for it. Exactly. And you can't. You at this level, you have to mix that up. Especially if you don't have ninety eight, ninety nine stuff or that kind of Kershaw curveball. If you're what Robbie Erlin's arsenal is, you can't really be giving hitters any kind of a clue into what to expect a second time. Yeah, you double up right like around. that, you might be in deep trouble. Yeah, or you better make the second one better than the first one. Yeah. So if you're going so to. The, and yep. you, know, you talk about the, the fastball up out over the plate. You see Yasiel Puig hit that pitch well, Tomas. Cuban hitters, for some reason, tend to really feast on the ball. They have power the other way for days. You really, I don't know if, if it's a you'll, cultural thing if that's what they see a lot down there on the island, but a lot of those guys hit that ball the other way with authority. A lot. See, I found that everybody that I threw fastballs up and out over to hit <laughs> Didn't it Didn't matter. Hard. Equal yeah, opportunity. It, it was a cultural thing. Anybody right. that was up there with a piece of wood in their hands would pretty much hit me hard. So. <laughs> yeah, the, the common denominator, you're <laughs> looking the, at The them. wood nymphs, right. yes. yes. Uh, Andy Green, after the game, said maybe on a normal day that's a game where Robbie Erlin gets taken out early, but because of the 14 innings the night before and the bullpen just wasn't there, you had to leave him out there for better or worse. Was yesterday a bit of a hangover besides that logistical thing? Did you see any kind of lethargy or feel that way from the – because it wasn't there for the Diamondbacks. Their resiliency was no, pretty they, good. No, they came out and they gave up the two runs. They scored the two runs right there on the bottom of the first inning. They could have had a much bigger inning if Kemp had not realized, what's the old rule in baseball? Don't make the first or the third out of the inning at third base. Stay at second. You can possibly run yourself into a big inning. They ran themselves out of a potential big inning. When they answered right back with that, no. There's no no hangover effect, no lethargy. You got almost entirely new lineup out there. They, I think they were fine on the energy level. I, I don't disagree with you at all, Derek. In fact, this was a big play, and I remember thinking about it at the time. Gosh, I hope this doesn't come back to haunt them because not only does this put the first out of the inning right here on an ill-advised, you know, trying to get to third base with nobody out, but as you mentioned earlier, Mike, this was a game of attrition. The bullpen for the Arizona Diamondbacks was much thinner than the Padres yesterday. They had three or four guys that probably weren't available, so it was crucial to try to get Corbin to throw more pitches early on. This let him off the hook early in this ballgame on a warm, sunny day in San Diego, and the Padres were just never able to put and that kind of pressure back on him. And you saw it coming around second base. He was already kind of legging it out, and he still had more than 90 feet to go. Uh, I tweeted out right afterward, Matt Kemp, 2011 in mind, 2016 in body. I think he thought this is for the taking, and... It's just not there anymore. Well, right. I think he got hung up halfway in between. You saw that yeah. little, little hitch, that little hitch around second he base. Goes, yeah. He goes, all right, I'm committed. I know I probably shouldn't. Maybe there'll be a bad throw. And once he got to that point, it's hard to stop and get back because you're dead to rights going back to second. Yep. You know, what, what I don't get there, too, is that play is in front of him. He's not picking up the third base coach. Right, that that's all his decision he's, right he's there. He's looking, at, and he's got to see Weeks up with the ball as he's hitting second base. you got, you got to pump the brakes there, slow down, and then, like you said, put some more pressure on Corbin and try and get that guy to throw the 30, 40 pitches that first inning. You know, and granted, they're major league players. We all get it, but at the same time, look, sometimes the heart takes over the brain. 
<laughs> and you're sitting there thinking, you know what? We've got to get something going here. We, we want to try to spark something. Here's my opportunity to try to make something happen here early in the game. Ill-advised, but... Yeah, you've you know, got to know your body, though. He's not Travis Jankowski sprinting well, around second base that way. You know, I, I, I go back to Gladiator, one of my favorite movies, you know, and, and Maximus is sitting there with his, his right-hand man, and, and the right-hand man says, you know, Quintus, people should know when they're defeated. And, and Maximus says, would you, Quintus? Would I? Look, all these guys think that they're going to play forever. They still think they're in the body of a 25-year-old for the most part. And none of us want to admit that, hey, maybe I can't do the same things that I was doing as a younger player. And that, that might have been one of those instances right there for Matt Kemp, along with, I think, him wanting to be the leader and try to spark something. Let's get this thing going. Yeah, people ask for fire, and you try and give it. And then if you get burned like that, then yep. you start questioning it. Yeah, but, but yeah. The aggression is good. Aggression in places is good. Aggression just for the sake of aggression. Now you're actually hurting yourself. And he did yesterday. And yep. it, what could have been? Because they got that tie. They got the two runs back. But, yeah, what could have been? Not failing to capitalize early, something this team has had a trouble with in the few times that they have been in that situation. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about some specific players when we come back. But first, a reminder that uh, what's cuter than Padres and Puppies? You can snag your own 2016 Padres and Puppies oh, pet calendar. It's adorable. Presented by Petco at the April 24th game. That's Sunday against the Cardinals at 140. All fans in attendance will receive a calendar. Get tickets at Padres.com. Welcome back to talk some more Padres baseball. Send us your questions. Hashtag Padres SH. This is Padres Social Hour. Before every game, get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour. Happy Monday. There's such a thing as that, right? When you're chilling with us here at Padres Social Hour. Absolutely. Yeah. Not for us. We have to work, but it's an right. off day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not for Scan here, who is just feverishly on his phone, I'm sure, doing some serious business here in I'm the AMR I'm sending out a picture studio. of, you know, the, the set right Look here. Look how social he's being. It's social hour, is it the way, it's, it's at HeyScan on Twitter. Oh, and, people and, know because yeah. we've been getting some tweets in uh -oh. uh, through the break. Uh, like Brady Phelps, friend of the show and fellow uh, up here once in a while. <laughs> He sends a picture. What in the hay scan is going on here with a picture of your of outfit? Of all people, I think they would appreciate it. Brady would be at the top of the list. Yeah. He's probably making pancakes right now in shorts and running shoes in his house. Right. For anybody and who, a hat. Obviously. And a hat. For anybody who missed it at the top of the show, uh, Scan is here in his business attire up top and his workout stuff hey, down below. All just are to, welcome. to cover all of our demographics all on this welcome. Monday afternoon. Yep. Uh, we also have a tweet in from Friar Fever who says there needs to be an off-day social hour segment. Blooper karaoke with Seth Foster? Absolutely not. I veto that straight away. <laughs> I veto that also. Uh, <laughs> Janela's jams where Mike Janela hits shuffle on the iPod. It's going to be all... I also veto that. It's going to be all WWE theme songs <laughs> and Les Mis show tunes. Um, no, we have what we have, though. We do have a segment for today that we're debuting, and it's, it's with you, Scan. So we're glad you're here. And, Blooper, do we have a little special something for this? Scanalysis. Scanalysis. Ah. That's pretty cool. That sounded Analysis like the Wonder back. Twin powers on the old <laughs> yeah. Justice League I should have cartoon. a cape on right now or something, right? I mean, that's like, you've done, Wonder you've Twin right? powers <laughs> activate? You've done enough. Uh, with their powers combined. That. Yeah, I could just hear that all day. Am I uh, supposed to shrink right now or something? Like, you're supposed to turn into an element or an animal. Which one do you want? I'll take animal. I'll take the element. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Which ones? Water. Listen. 
I want to be an eagle. I'd love to fly. That'd be, that's that'd what be they cool. always did. You carry so the bucket majestic. of water. Yeah. That's the, every cartoon. Because the animators could only make like five things. Right. So Keep rotating real, uh, it over and over. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be one of these things with you. I just hijacked the show for all the Comic-Con fans. Right. Nice. There you we go. We're, we're planting well the seeds done. early for later <laughs> in the summer. Uh, no, Skin Analysis, we wanted you today, Skin, because there is no game to preview later, to really dig deep and take a look at one Padre player in particular that has caught your eye so far this season. And you decided to go on a deep dive with... Melvin Upton Jr. I, I, I got to hand it to Melvin Upton Jr. He's really turned things around. When you look at his numbers since last season, now when he came over, he was hitting, what, 208 and under 200 for the Braves the previous two years. The so last year, he started working on some things, made some changes. I know the, the common word is adjustments, but he actually made some pretty nice changes in his his batting approach, and I think we have some video of it right here. And the first and thing we want to look at is a bit more this aggressive. Is the so watch his back foot. When he swings right there, there was absolutely no rotation on the backside. His lower body was dead. He was swinging all upper arms. When he swing like that, you're, you're going to get very long. You're going to become very susceptible to things. Now, later on, what we're going to see here is some highlights of him recently. And, and watch the lower body right here. Watch the back foot. Watch the hips. He's using it much better. He's getting everything through there. Now he doesn't have to rely on the arms quite as much. The hands are coming through, and they can come through more quickly. The other thing to keep an eye on, watch his head right here. Watch Watch how quiet his head is and how he's able to keep his eye on the ball, especially on this on the right side right there. Look, everything is calm. Everything's cool. He's keeping his weight back. He's got nice hip rotation. That back foot has got a little bit of spin on it at the same time. So he has really done a nice job of saying, hey, I have to not necessarily completely recreate myself, but I do need to make some changes in my approach. He's done that. When you go back to July of last season, he hit the skids. All right, He was 152 in July last year. And since then, he's hit 285 with six home runs. Melvin Upton Jr., sort of under the radar right now, but really has done a nice job of turning things around and becoming an important part of this lineup. Five for 15 his last three games. It's starting yeah. to warm up. He's yeah. also playing decent defense, and that's kind of been the knock on him as you dog it in the outfield, not hustle after everything. Made a nice catch in center field yesterday. He's yep. played well in left field when they've had uh, John Jay out in center field. I talked to him during spring training and again last night to talk about this kind of a start. And all, you, know, you got the, uh, the definite analysis down, and that's great. I mean, literally they say squash the bug. When they're talking to Little League kids, right, you got to right. turn that back foot, squash the bug. But he, in, in, in an emotional and a mental place, he's much better off now than he was in Atlanta because I think I talked about this before. They said in Atlanta, we want you to be a certain way. We want you to be this kind of guy, this kind of player. And he wasn't able to be himself that Joe Madden allowed him to be in Tampa. He gets here. He's allowed to be himself a lot more. So emotionally, he's much better off. He feels like he's trying to get back to being the kind of guy and the kind of player he is. And it's obviously showing up on the stat line. Hey, you've got to have fun. You've got to be comfortable when you come into the clubhouse and come to the ballpark every day. And I think there's a fine line also between wanting to try to improve a guy. You know, maybe the Braves felt like they were going to make him a better player. Based on that contract? Based on the contract. And sometimes guys put pressure on themselves trying to live up to the contract. We've seen that before. And actually, Barry Zito acknowledged that after that huge contract he signed with the Giants. The Giants he said, yeah. hey, I was trying to be somebody Which, I'm not. Is he so. off those books yet? I think just maybe yesterday I think or it something. just cleared finally. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but, you know, kudos to, to Melvin for t taking the new attitude over here into the Padres for just saying, hey, look, be who you need to be. We want you comfortable in the clubhouse, but at the same time, you have to take accountability for seeing some things that you're doing at the plate, and we've seen that he's done that as well. Yeah, we talked last segment about Matt Kemp maybe not uh, realizing the age that he's gotten to. Melvin, similarly, he's in his 30s now. You're not going to change a player wholesale like maybe the Braves were trying to do, but some small tweaks here and there. Why not? Uh, and again, there's a balance between, as a coach, you want to push guys, right? You want to get them out of their comfort zone a little bit because, look, players want that. I mean, as much as players say they rebel against a lot of things, the bottom line is they want to get better. They want somebody there to, to push. That's they why coaches that exist. Right? Exactly. But there's also that, that balance of, look, I'm trying to make you better, but I, you can't make a guy be something that he's not. 
that, that's when they start to resist. Yeah, I'm wondering if they tried to make him more of a power hitter. They give him that much money, $15 million a year. They saw he hit 20-something home runs a couple years in Tampa. This is the kind of projectables that we have on, on Melvin Upton. So mm-hmm. they tried to say, you need to hit the ball out of the park 30 times a year. And you're going to hit the ball at the ball 30 times a year. I wonder if they tried to make him do that. And that's you can't make a guy try and hit for power. It doesn't work. Derek, when was the last time you saw a guy successfully do that, turn himself into a power hitter? I mean, we, we've seen guys here With, in without, San Diego. The, without the syringe? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just naturally, yeah. just change yeah. the if, only, if only it was that easy. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. home run derby curse kind right, of thing. Right. Uh, no, Melvin, uh, eight out of his last 10 games he has a hit. Four of those have been multi hit games. And he's been hitting cleanup now, which I think the Padres know we're not expecting you to hit. Dingers, but as long as you keep getting multi-hits a game right in the heart of that order, that does the job too. But no I doubt. think that says more about what else the Padres have in that lineup. Yeah, than it that, does about, that too. About yeah. how Melvin Upton's doing. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. That was our first ever. Do we have it? Analysis. Wonder Twins. Awesome. <laughs> in the meantime, calling all students, alumni, and fans of San Diego State, join the Padres for SDSU night at Petco Park on April 24th when the Padres take on the Cardinals. Each theme game package includes a game ticket and limited edition SDSU-themed Padres hat. Get tickets at Padres.com slash theme games. When we come back, we are giving out some grades to see Nick Canepa. He's here. We're going to have the report card for the Padres on the last week right after this on Padres Social Hour. You want to talk Padres? Lucky for you, we're doing exactly that. This is Padres Social Hour from the AMR studio inside Petco Park. On this Monday off day for the Padres, Padres Social Hour rolls on. We're back here at Petco Park. And as the Padres get ready to welcome in a couple of NL Central foes, it's Pirates and Cardinals coming in later this week. We now welcome in Nick Canepa for his weekly report card brought to us by Pacifico. How you been, Nick? Oh, just wonderful. What do you think of this outfit that uh, Bob has on display today? Well, if I could wear something like that, I would. <laughs> it helps to be 6'5 with that athlete's oh, frame, absolutely. right? To have the legs yeah, showing off. It is so awesome to have Nick here next to me right now because I remember just a couple of years ago, it was spring training. You were fighting some some illnesses and had some serious – and we were really concerned that this moment might never happen. So yeah. great, great to have you with us. Great to have you on the show, and I hope people appreciate what a – media icon that we have here uh, on the set today. Oh, thank you. I just hope I don't get hit with one of these skis you're <laughs> wearing. Size 15, right? About size 18. We'll keep them out of the way for those that. things. Clown shoes. We don't need yeah. to injure you. Put you back in the hospital, right? Sorry. <laughs> All right, Nick. reason you're here is for your weekly report card. So, again, a reminder, it's four categories that Nick gives uh, grades for. It's the hitting, it's the defense, the pitching, and the coaching. So those are the four quadrants. And let's go right to it. Let's start with the offense. What's been your grade? I'm assuming it won't be good. Not a good week for the kids. Not a good week in class. Uh, They get an F this week. For Um, the offense. Yes. I don't think you can argue Uh, with that. I mean, it's uh, the Padres. The Padres Padres are trying. They're not a power hitting team. True. And when you're not a power hitting team, you got to be a contact team. They've struck out an average of 9.1 times a game. I'm at 16 and 1. Uh, what, 119 strikeouts now? The team batting average is like 228 or something. I and mean, even for people who say batting average isn't a big thing, the other, the peripherals aren't that great either. But I think the five shutouts in 10 games, this is a report card for just the last week. Right. But those two Colorado games that really slant the numbers a lot, those are already outside this past week. But, so and it's a great it's point that he makes because if you're not going to hit home runs, you better not be striking out a lot because now you're not putting any pressure on the starting rotation. You're not even giving a chance to get to the bullpen right. where you do exactly. have a chance to get some How many times in the last two, three years have they come up 
All they got to do is make contact. Yep. That's over uh, the other night. Uh, the infield's back. The infield's back. Two straight guys strike out. I mean, you got to you got to make contact. Yeah. And it's it's something that didn't just start now. Right. I mean, we keep hearing they changed batting coaches, and they've had 15 now, I think, in Petco. <laughs> We've seen 10 in the last 10 years, haven't we? And Kevin yeah. Towers said the toughest job in baseball is batting coach at Petco Park. Meanwhile, yeah. they kept firing guys. But, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I no, don't know what you could yeah, do. Right? I mean, Scan's the, ex- Scan's the ball player here. I don't know what you do. I think we're, we've talked about it at length. We're kicking a dead horse with the offense. It hasn't been good. They know it. The players, we know it. So uh, I'm cool with that grade, uh, understandably so. See if they can pick it up against uh, the Pirates coming into town. Let's go to the other side, the defense. What's your grade for that? The defense I gave a D- minus to. Really? Well, they've got 12 errors in 13 games. They, What's that average out on the season? How many errors is that, Scan? It's not working out good. Let, let, span, project it out to be 162 errors in the They've the made some good plays now. They I'm have. not saying they haven't. That's why I think maybe like a C, C plus. They're kind of like my little brother in high school who would kill me for saying this, but he would do so well on a couple tests. He'd show the flashes, and they've had some really nice plays. They've yeah. had some good shifting. They've been doing well. And then you go out, and there are some clunkers. I think D's maybe a little bit. Yeah, the second baseman with five errors. I was just going to bring that up. So I was going to ask you about the middle middle infield defense. On the one hand, I've really enjoyed watching Alexi Ramirez play shortstop, and I've really been surprised at the errors that you just mentioned by Corey Spangenberg, who I thought came a long way last year on the defensive side, but Mm -hmm. he's had some throwing issues here in the early going. Yeah, I mean, it it it's it's they said it was going to be a lot better, and it's not. I think it is at shortstop. I think the outfield's better too. But but the right side of your infield right now with. Will Myers trying to learn first base and Corey Spangenberg not playing up the way. And I think Will's he's actually made some nice plays there. Yeah, Will, it's been a mixed bag. Will, Will, Will nice goes guys. for making a play that I circle in the book right. that looks great to right. a play that. Oh, exactly. Like, what are you doing there? So he, I mean, I think again, I think for me it's more C C plus because it is. It's very half and half. It's give one take one. What I've been seeing from from the defense. Well, I'm look, if you're not going to score a lot of runs. You better play some solid defense, and this team is going to have to, to up the defense to try to cover for the lack of power. Let's just say Mike is very fortunate he never had me as a teacher. <laughs> I, I had the highest not G- grading on the curve. There, I had Nick? the highest GPA of every male in my high school graduation. Were you the only one? I was, <laughs> there was three, three or four of us. Yeah, that was a big class, 421 kids. That was legit. I, I did well in school. And only three guys, boy, you had a good ratio. No, there. nay, I wish. Um, that was that was not the case. I just looked this up now. So their fielding percentage, the Padres, third worst in the big league. So that's bad. But in terms of defensive run save, they're actually above league average. So I think the errors really weigh down some statistics, but then they make some really good plays to make up for it. But you think the other part that goes into this, and, and Nick, you'll attest to that, it's not necessarily the errors that show up. It's the plays that don't get made that right. should. It's the double right. play that doesn't get turned. It's the play that just barely gets through. I mean, you see the, the shortstop, and you see the shortstop on, on the Diamondbacks make, make plays. I mean, that made some incredible plays. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they don't have that. I mean, right. they just don't. All right. Uh, let's Doesn't go into fielding now. percentage, but makes a difference in the course of a season. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, the pitching. Finish up the uh, the, the on the field well, we stuff. Have, we have. Co- oh, uh, are you pitching. on your coaching first? What? Yeah, oh, pitching got an F. How? <laughs> he is tough. <laughs> How is that possible? That was the one good thing they had this last wow. week. I'm not they graduating. Did? Are you graduating with they, uh, we're Professor staying back. Canapa? Yeah, we just talked about it yesterday. Yes, before yesterday's <laughs> game, Robbie Earl and six earned runs that out the window, but. The, the starters had an ERA under two last week. Four and a half ERA, 100 hits in 109 innings, one save. That's all season, one though, right? One save by Rodney. I thought this report card is just for the week. It is for the week. Yeah. Well, but 
They had a hey. one. They had a one nine seven ERA. The starters. The relievers were under two and a half. How's that an F? It's a bad week. You lose games, you lose games. It's all about, all about winning and losing, man. So I, I'm, I'm going to be devil's advocate do? on this one. I thought they that make was... they make bad pitches, and don't well, say they don't. I well, that, they the first do. they make we talked about bad it. pitches that that cost them. Nick, we talked about it in the first segment, no question about it. Robbie Erlin made some mistakes, both I think yesterday was bad, execution. but the six days before that, I thought the pitching I thought, was great. I thought there was some improvement in James Shields' effort. I thought he was more consistent in getting his fastball to the opposite side of the plate. I thought Kashner showed some improvement. I love the fact that he was moving some feet the other day. Uh, so I, I'm seeing some good things. Drew Pomerantz continues to throw the ball well, as far as I'm concerned. Robbie Erlin, yeah, it, it was a rough outing yesterday, no question about it. So An F, though? Really? <laughs> hey, there's room for improvement here. A lot, evidently. You know? So what would the what would the pitchers have to have done to get even a B out to of here? Win you? games. Make pitches and win games. So, suffice it to say, when it comes to Cy Young voting, you're not that's one of those crazy. guys that's yeah, going you're the, you're the, the win metrics. Lo- you're the win loss. No, I'm and the farthest thing from a sabermetric guy on the, yeah, yeah, in, in the world. That, I mean... I don't disagree with some of your assessments. You almost got an expletive out of me on live TV. That's how, uh, that's how <laughs> taken aback I hey, was. Not everybody's like your high school teachers. Where'd you, oh where'd you finish? First or second in your class? <laughs> First among males, number eight overall. So pretty good. Remember Top we were ten. talking about coaches that try to push guys and bring a yeah. little bit more out? That's him right here. This is the coach that, that's going to push him down, pushing him under, underground. An <laughs> F for the pitching. Wow. Um, all right, the, uh, the coaching, I guess. Let's. Is that? Well, I don't even know what to expect now. I gave, I gave the coach. Because last week you, you crushed the coaches. Really? I gave, I gave the coaching a B. Okay. Because I have absolutely no idea what Andy Green could do to have changed this week. Right, so, which is what we talked about last week was that there was only so much the coaches right. could do when they struggled in the opening week. Well, I'm curious because I yeah. missed the assessment the previous week. Sure. They got an F the previous week. I don't think staff? I flunked them. Oh, Did okay. I? Wasn't it? Wasn't it an F or a D minus or something? It was definitely it a, was low. It was below it was a low, C. But I don't think yeah. I flunked them. Okay. See, here's what I was impressed with last week: is that in light of everything that was going on on Andy's shoulders, right? Major league debut as a manager, team gets off to a terrible start. He didn't panic. I thought that he kept himself pretty calm. Didn't go for the wholesale changes. I thought that was a good sign to try to establish a little bit of leadership and, and some confidence in those guys early on. I don't know how you and felt. And he did about a great it. job in the 14 inning game. He, he really did a good handling job. The the double he did, yeah. No, he he played that like a playoff game, yeah. and and he and he won. Which was it. nice because he he by his own admission he said I didn't have much to manage the first few games, but now he's getting a chance. Yeah, I mean, we keep hearing on he's trying to establish a culture. Well, what is that culture? I, I you know it's it's hard, man. Yeah, especially yeah. with the way the team has been playing in certain aspects, but. The pitching for an F, I still can't get over that. An F for the pitching. <laughs> See, I gave him something to think yeah, about. Yeah, no, you stirred it up. Nick. No nice one, job. Um, He's stupefied I, over there. Two earned runs. That was the max for any starter last week allowed. If, you, if that's an F, that's rough. That's rough. All right. <laughs> These grades all, all year all are going to be. You, all I hey, can tell you is one thing. They're 4-9. This is the professor that when not you Not because do, of the pitching. Look, when you get an A on your test, it's going to mean something. Four, four, four we'll see. and nine. I can't wait. When's the over-under on the first A? This year. I, will it happen ever? Sure. It'll happen. All right. I guess we'll tune in and find I'm out. I'm looking forward to it. Nick, thanks for swinging by and giving out the report card, even if uh, the F on that. I still can't believe I'm going to be talking about that all show. Uh, that was brought to us by Pacifico, a rich lager born in Mazatlan, brought home by surfers, now waiting to be discovered by you. Discover Pacifico. Easy, Mike. An easy. F for the pitching. We're back with P- more easy, after this. Easy. Pacifico gets on an A. Padre Pacifico <laughs> gets an A. Back after this on Padres Social Hour. Before every game, get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour. 
Welcome back to Padres Social Hour. And this past weekend, it was the 40th anniversary, as we're here in the AMR studio, of Tommy John coming back from the epitomous surgery that he pioneered. And we figured, what better opportunity than now to call a guy and talk about uh, this whole subject. And we're bringing him in now on the Cholula Hotline. And it's Jeff Passan of Yahoo Sports, their lead baseball columnist, and also the author of The Arm, which is the book about exactly that, the arm in baseball and how, well, it's pretty much falling apart. Jeff, welcome to the show. How's it going, man? Doing great, Mike. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, Now, Jeff and I, uh, we go back a little while, and we actually both went to, although not at the same time, uh, Syracuse for college. So I figured, Jeff, we would just talk about the, uh, the legacy of Jim Beheim for 10 minutes. How's that sound to you? That sounds like a terrible idea, so I <laughs> yeah. appreciate the show. No, I don't think our, uh, our viewers or our audience would like that either. Um, no, let's talk about the book, obviously. You've been promoting this thing like a madman. I've seen you on everything from Dan Patrick to ESPN to NPR, and now thanks for joining us here. Uh, what's it been like? Because obviously this is a subject a lot of people care about. Yeah, uh, you know, this was a book that I think needed to be written, uh, not just for fans of Major League Baseball who have seen their favorite players go down with Tommy John surgery, but uh, for for the baseball viewing audience uh, writ large, uh, this, this covers uh, everything from the big leagues all the way down to uh, Little League. And I mean, I wrote about a 10-year-old, in fact, from San Diego who plays for the San Diego show, and uh, illustrating the, the perils that even really young kids have in going out there and trying to throw a baseball uh, without getting hurt. Uh, it's a hard thing to do, and uh, it's something where uh, the, the entire baseball community needs to take more ownership and responsibility to prevent injuries from happening. Is that kind of the biggest takeaway from your book, that this isn't a Major League Baseball exclusive problem? It goes down to these 10-year-olds, 8-year-olds even? Yeah, I think that's definitely the, the most alarming and shocking thing. Uh, to come from it. Uh, you know, the, the statistic I keep repeating uh, just because it blows people away is that uh, a study was done on Tommy John surgeries between 2007 and 2011, and 56.8% of them were on 15 to 19-year-olds. That's insane. And, and, when, and when you hear something like that and think back, okay, 40 years ago, Tommy John a guy who had won 120-plus games in his big league career already, was having this as career-saving surgery. Now uh, children uh, are, are having it regularly. Uh, there's just something that doesn't sit right there. And the prevalence of it happening uh, in, in the youth space uh, is, is certainly a function of better medicine and better diagnosticians and uh, the ability to to understand the arm better now, but it's also because it's happening more. And whereas 25 years ago, kids weren't coming in with, you know, torn up elbows uh, it, before they hit puberty. These days, uh, it's happening more and more frequently. Do you find talking to people, whether it's parents or the kids themselves, or these young pitchers that are going through TJ, that it's it's become kind of like you or me getting our appendix taken out, that it's not nearly as grave or as serious uh, reputation-wise as it used to be? Yeah, it isn't, but it should be, and, and that's part of the problem here. I think we mistake the 80% return-to-play rate of Tommy John surgery patients with, with something that 
is is necessary or is warranted or uh, is a rite of passage. Let's remember what Tommy John surgery is. It is a failure of your arm. It is your ulnar collateral ligament tearing, and it is 12 to 15 months of grueling, awful, mentally and physically destructive rehabilitation. Uh, You are being built up and broken down day after day after day. And so, hey, if a child wants to go through that, uh, I I don't know of him. It doesn't sound fun to me. yeah, it's no, it's pretty terrible actually. And you know, the the second half of the book uh is mainly spent with two major league pitchers coming back from their Tommy John surgeries. And uh I think it, it you know, they're there to illustrate to everyone else just how much this sucks. <laughs> Cuz it does. <laughs> it is it is not it is not a fun thing. And when you compound that with the fact that the the greatest predictor of a future arm injury is a past arm injury. Uh, the idea that these kids are going to stay healthy for long periods of time after their their Tommy John surgery just doesn't hold water. Well, and, I heard you in a different uh, interview say that yeah, this new ligament, even a new one, is it maybe seven to ten years expiration date shelf life? Yep. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, one of the guys I follow, Daniel Hudson, who uh, the Padres have certainly seen uh, a fair bit of, yep. and who actually came back from his second Tommy John surgery uh, with the Padres. His first ligament lasted 11 months, and then his first start, uh, it blew out. So uh, that right there is a sign that this, this surgery, uh, is, it is fallible. And just because you have the success rate that you do uh, for guys coming back to play does not mean that it's something that you should take lightly. It's, it's surgery. That's what people are forgetting. You're going into the body unnaturally, and you're bionic manning from an ankle to an elbow. It's not foolproof, and I think a lot of people are getting that, that false notion in their head. You talk about the couple of major league pitchers you follow, Daniel Hudson, uh, who was it, Todd Coffey was the other one. Mm-hmm. So what's, what was your, your process putting this together? You spent more than three years doing this. You still have a day job as a lead baseball columnist at Yahoo. That's a website a lot of people visit. You're traveling to Japan, you're following these guys around, you're interviewing people from the youth levels to the majors. How'd you do this? Uh, I have a very uh, patient wife <laughs> and, 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 very, and very understanding children and uh, very good bosses. So uh, it is not what I did, uh, it is what others did not do to me, uh, which is disown me, leave me, uh, or fire me. So uh, I'm I'm living a pretty good life right now. I'll tell you that. No, that's pretty great. Um, how'd you snag? You talked to Sandy Koufax too. How'd you snag him? Because he doesn't really talk to anybody. Uh, I got very lucky. Uh, Jane Levy, who uh, literally wrote the book on Sandy Koufax, uh, is is a friend and uh, thinks enough of my uh, work. Thankfully, that she told Sandy Koufax that uh, he needs to talk with me, uh, and and he thinks enough of her work that he listens. So, <laughs> Uh, I, I got a, uh, I got an email from somebody with the Dodgers saying, uh, Sandy, uh, would like to talk with you. And I was on a plane the next morning. And, uh, when you have a chance to talk with Sandy Koufax, uh, you do not pass that up or, uh, 
uh, leave it to fate. And uh, it was it was definitely one of the cooler moments uh, I've had in uh, in my career so far. I can imagine when your book is called The Arm and you're talking to Sandy Koufax, that seems to to mesh pretty well. Uh, we've got Jeff Passan here on the Cholula Hotline. Uh, the writer of The Arm, Inside the Billion Dollar Mystery of the Most Valuable Commodity in Sports. Do you hold, hold on a second, Mike. Hold on a second. Yeah. Do I get, do I get Cholula for coming on the show? Uh, I'll see what I can do. We haven't gotten it to anybody else before, but maybe since I know you, we might be able to pull some strings, but we'll see. I'm I'll, just I'll check saying, it out. Cholula, Cholula is my favorite hot sauce. So it is, it's our like favorite hot sauce, too. You, you're a, you're like you're on the top of an Amazon adventure. best-selling chart uh, right now. I think you can afford your own. You don't need our help to get you some. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I like being on shows that are sponsored by products that, I that you enjoy. like to. Right, we'll see what we can do. We'll talk. We'll talk off air. Um, is there is there a question that you when you've been touting this whole thing and you've been you've been tweeting it out? You've been on every kind of press stop as we've talked about before. Is there a question you can't believe no one's asked you yet about this book or what you found? Boy, that I think what you just asked me is like the <laughs> the stumped, the most stumped I have been. Um, no, not really. I, you know what? Uh, I think a lot of it is that when when you go on a, a media tour this early, a lot of people you talk with haven't read the book. Sure. So, uh, so sometimes there are a lot of questions that are are just very general, uh, but. I definitely like uh, I like it when people dig into it because the I mean the response so far has uh, it has been beyond my my wildest expectations. People have just been uh, very praiseworthy. The reviews have been great. Uh, it's been extremely flattering to know that when you work on something uh, as long as I have this, that people are actually enjoying it and they're taking something from it. But uh, I'm hoping it's more than that. I'm hoping there's some sort of substantive change uh, that can happen in baseball. Uh, and help limit the number of arm injuries, because honestly, I'm tired of seeing them. As a, base, as a fan of the game of baseball, I don't like seeing guys get hurt. And if there's something that uh, baseball as an industry can do to help prevent that, then, uh, you know, all the better. Yeah, and you, you're sick of it. I'm sick of it. Imagine what a Miami Marlins fan was sick of with Jose Fernandez on the shelf, or a Mets fan with Matt Harvey. It's uh, The fans themselves, too, can't be happy. So is that is that the biggest kind of larger scope takeaway, Jeff, that with velocity we're kind of getting, you know, Icarus close to the sun at this point, that things are going to snap back at, at a certain point down the road? Yeah, and and it's frustrating because I don't have a solution for the velocity thing. I'd say don't throw as hard, but... Then, then you won't get your big contract, way. right. Yeah, not just that, but velocity, I mean, velocity works. Yeah. Like, velocity works really well. You strike more guys out when you throw harder. You give up fewer home runs when you throw harder. So how can you go to a baseball team and say, well, uh, this guy throws hard and this guy doesn't throw as hard. Why don't you take the one who doesn't throw as hard? And maybe he has uh, certain things about him. Maybe he has better command and control than the guy who throws hard. Maybe he has three or four pitches as opposed to just two from the guy who throws hard. But if you're going to take, you know, all things equal, you take the guy who throws harder every single time. Yeah, it's the one thing you almost can't teach, but it is getting to maybe a bit of a breaking point, literally, with a lot of these uh, ligaments well, and tendons. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you this, though. I-, I think you can teach velocity, okay. honestly. I- I've, seen, I've seen guys, uh, through training, get serious velocity gains. 
What you can't teach to me is the command and control, and that's where I think a very smart and efficient team is is going to find guys uh, who have great command and control but might not have the velocity and put them into programs where they can try and get it. Yeah, that's one avenue to see if this is something maybe new that can evolve from the current status that we're in. Uh, Jeff, we'll let you go, but thanks again. Uh, Jeff Passan, author of The Arm, Inside the Billion Dollar Mystery of the Most Valuable Commodity in Sports. You can buy it anywhere you would buy any other book. Uh, what's next? The, the Batter's Eye, a whole book on that. What's your next project? Uh, my friend Ray Ratto suggested I do something called the spleen. So I'm uh, <laughs> looking into that. Yeah, maybe a, maybe a nice longer short story as opposed to a whole book. But no, uh, Jeff. Yeah, uh, I hope so. Thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate it, and uh, continued best of luck. Hope this thing uh, hits the top of every chart. I hope so too. Enjoy that Cholula, Mike. Uh, we will. That was Jeff Passon from Yahoo Sports. Uncapped real flavor with Cholula hot sauce. Now we know Jeff's favorite, the hot sauce with the iconic wooden cap and the official hot sauce of the San Diego Padres. We're back with more Padres Social Hour right after this. We're talking Padres all season long. This is Padres Social Hour, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the team store. Welcome back to Padres Social Hour. A big thanks to Jeff Passan of Yahoo Sports. We actually taped that uh, earlier today, and I just forgot to give you a heads up that that was the case. So if you were wondering why we didn't have Bob here or Derek, that's because uh, they don't show up early in the mornings. These guys are, are no. divas. They I come thought we got right fired right in the middle of the show, didn't you? Like, they you, said you guys they can just go now. We don't need you on the set. You can leave. Yeah. yeah. No, our okay. thanks to Jeff Passan again, author of The Arm. All right. We're, uh, I asked a question on Twitter during that, and we want to talk about now. It's an off day. It's some time for some introspection and some look back and what this team really needs to work on now that they have a day off to do that. And I asked some people, what do you think the Padres' biggest weaknesses are? Which, of course, uh, it's a lot of snarky responses. It is Twitter, after all. Uh, so as hashtag Padres SH, uh, big Padres fan saying they're not playing Jabari Blash consistently. Uh, some other people saying the beards are to blame. Uh, what do you guys think is the biggest hole to plug for this team on the field after these first 12 games? You know, it's interesting, the Jabari topic, and we brought this up the other day, was you know how much does he get to play now with our, our previous highlight guy, Melvin Upton Jr., doing what he's can't been doing. You can't take right. him out of the lineup. And John Jay's doing a nice job in leadoff spots, so they're going to have to continue to find time for him to play. But really, uh, I, I think it's a combination of everything. We talked about the defense not being where it needs to be. Look, this team's it's not going to be a bit of a, a cop-out answer, months. Bob. What's the biggest weakness? And you say everything? You've got to pick one. I, I do have to pick one. Yeah. F. I think everything yeah. has to – Bob gets I think every F. part of this thing can be upgraded. I don't think there's any yeah, one where's part Yeah, where's give you an F on your analysis? That's fine. I'll take it. Okay, I'll narrow it down and drill down to something is they, they yeah. not, they're not stringing hits together they can't hang the old cliche hang crooked numbers on the scoreboard they're not they're not getting those big innings talked about earlier you can't put two three four five hits together and stress a pitcher they'll do something and then we saw it in the ninth inning on friday night base loaded nobody out strike out Double play ball. See, you can, that's that they cannot put hits together. That's the problem. I don't think this team is ever going to be a big power home run team. I don't think they're going to be able to spring, spring a uh, string a bunch of hits together. Do the small things. Have the productive out. Manufacture runs. They're going to have to win games three to two, three to one, and that means your starting pitching has got to keep you in the ball game. You got to put pressure on the bullpen, and you got to do the little things. And stop. You can't play for the big. For game. me, it's mental sharpness. It's Kemp not take trying to take that extra base yesterday, getting thrown out. It's Will Myers making a clean throw to home yesterday on that play at the plate that maybe short. Well, I, I talked to him about that yesterday, and he said the ball. He's still not used to that first base glove. He just it got stuck in there deep, and he just he just. Right. 
he just couldn't get it out those, of time. Those little things need – or when he got picked off on first base yesterday, when he stepped off the back that half second, it's those little things that need to really get ironed out because this team is just Mike, not – Mike, is that not what Andy was preaching in spring training? Yeah, okay. mental toughness, little things, and it's just not, not a- there yet. Attention to detail. Very much so. Attention to this. On Saturday, it's Tyson Ross T-shirt giveaway day. Saturdays at Petco Park mean all fan giveaways. And this Saturday, catch the Padres and the Cardinals at 540 and get a free Tyson Ross jersey T-shirt presented by Mission Federal Credit Union. Best part, all jersey and hoodie giveaways this year are now available in a variety of sizes for adults and children. So you get something that fits you just perfect. Get your tickets now. It's a great shirt at tickets, uh, sorry, Padres.com slash BNI. SD. We're coming back after this to wrap things up on Padres Social Hour. Get ready for every Padres game with us. Coming to you from inside the team store at Petco Park, this is Padres Social Hour. Here's something to make Padres fans feel better on this off day today. Uh, Craig Kimbrell came into that game, the Boston Red Sox, it's Patriots Day game today. Uh, 1-1 and the base is loaded, and he let everybody score, so... Something good for Padres. Remember he had his struggles about. last year at the beginning of the season? Yeah, that game in Chicago against yeah. the Cubs, he started getting lit up. It's I don't understand how a guy with that kind of stuff ever gets hit. It's, that, it's that's astonishing. The mystery of pitching, right? Why How any good pitcher ever gets hit. Uh, another mystery, too, the blooper dance, how it gets – I mean, you, it's hard for me to put into words. You guys were here yesterday. That 14-inning game, we talked about how Blooper made the video board here at Petco Park. And it's a mystery to me how anybody would ever put him on him there. Because it <laughs> happened last year, too. And we went and dug up both videos of him dancing last year and this year. We're watching them now side by side. Why would anyone ever show this to the public? I feel bad for the poor people of Petco What Park. shocks me, too, is there's no adjustment from year to year. I mean, I'm He's not seeing any improvement. He's, 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 he's got a go-to thing. It looks so good. Why change it? <laughs> I want to know why mess with wow. success. Annabelle gave that an F. We're bad. He, if there was a grade worse than F, he might have dipped that low. I'm going to call Beyonce and get you a job as a backup dancer. Oh, good luck. Tomorrow we're back at 5:30. It's Randy Jones and Brady Phelps joining me. Thanks, Derek. Thanks, Bob. And thanks, Nick Canepa and Jeff Passon for swinging by today as well. This is Padre Social Hour. See ya.